0: very cool well we're gonna be in uh, so Galatians chapter 2 gonna look at verses 11 uh, to 16 and then chapter 3 verses 6 to 8 and as I mentioned names Chad and my wife is Christy have three daughters Uh, Karis Kara and Kaylin they are 15 14 and 12 so all pretty close Mm -hmm. to each other yeah right I, uh, I work with a campus ministry called Ruf, and so I uh, work with um, our cross-cultural ministry, which is Ruf International. So, uh, international students here in the U.S. So, uh, I'm involved with the campus ministries serving international students to the U.S. And then, when we send campus ministers overseas, I'm um, on as parts of mission teams uh, to reach students uh, all around the world. So, I'm involved with those two parts of our denomination's ministry. Uh, I was thinking about our time together this morning, and I know that you just recently voted as a church to continue to move forward, which is exciting. And so I would imagine that uh, having a vote where you decide to move forward um, would renew excitement and renew motivation, uh, perhaps a hopefulness um, as you think about the future, as you pray and you plan for the future. I would imagine it would also perhaps stir a little fear, a little trepidation about what's next and who the Lord might bring you to be uh, a pastor, Um, and even asking the question, can we do this Uh, as a church? And so as I think about that, um, I wanted to have something that was simple and practical um, as you were beginning to think through what it looks like to continue to move forward. So that's how we ended up at Galatians chapter 2. So uh, I'll read. Galatians 2, starting in verse 11. Uh, But when Cephas, or Peter, came to Antioch, I, Paul, opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him. So that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, or or Peter, before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Ten verses later, Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 8, verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. I'll pray, and then we'll, we'll get started. Uh, Lord, thank you for time to be together. Thank you for these dear saints. Um, Lord, it is good to be together. It is good to remind us of what is truly meaningful, um, of what is beautiful, of what is strong, um, of what we need to lean on and give ourselves to. Lord, would you allow our time uh, this morning in your word? Um, would it calm our hearts? Would it refocus our hearts? Um, Would you remind us of your commitment uh, to us, your commitment to this world? Uh, Would you show yourself to be bigger than ourselves? Um, Would you give us a greater cause to live than other than ourselves? And so thank you, Lord, for your word that it's true. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I really only have two points uh, for you this morning. Uh, It's pretty simple. Uh, One is a truth. And one is an action. So as I think about Resurrection Orange County, uh, moving forward, I have a truth that I would love for you to hold on to and an action that you might give yourself to. So, a truth. Uh, so the question, uh, how can we be connected to God? It's the most important question in the world. You know, Every person, um, if we could... Uh, they would answer that question, and they would know that it's Jesus. So so how can we be connected um, to God in this world, truly connected, united with Jesus, um, fully accepted? Uh, And it's this question that the two most famous apostles, arguably Paul and Peter, actually get in a fight over, a public fight, here in this passage. When I was in seminary, I went to seminary with a guy named Jay, and Jay uh, grew up in a Christian home, but he was not walking uh, with the Lord as he was growing up and going through those high school years, and uh, Jay was um, drinking pretty heavily by his junior year in high school and uh, beginning to experiment with drugs. Uh, Mom and Dad sort of picked up on this, and so heading into his senior year, uh, they told Jay, um, you're not allowed to go out with friends on a weeknight. And so that was the rule they made as he headed into his senior year. And so it didn't take long before Jay wanted to challenge that rule. And it was a Thursday night in September and his friends were getting together to party. And so he lied to his parents. And so he walked into the kitchen. His dad was sitting um, at the uh, kitchen table. Mom was standing on the right counter. And uh, he said, hey, mom, dad, i um, have got some friends getting together. It's harmless. It's, it's not a party or just, just hanging out. And um, Can I go tonight? And then his mom said, Well, Jay, we've had this conversation, and you know the rule. Um, You you can't go out on a weeknight. And Jay just knew that his mom was going to say that. So he stood there, thought about it. His blood began to boil. And then he said, Mom, you are such a... And he said something that was terrible to say to his mom or to any other person. But he said it. And his dad was sitting there at the kitchen table, and I've met his dad a couple of times, and he's a very mild man. And his dad walked up to Jay, and he said, Jay, if you're man enough to say that to your mother, then you're man enough to step outside with me and fight. And there's just one thing that would ever cause this man to want to fight his son, and it was his wife. Here in this passage, there's one thing, only one thing that would cause Paul to want to fight Peter publicly, and it was the Gospel. A right understanding of how someone can earn the favor of God. And think about that, the favor of God. Not just being okay with God, not just God putting up with you, not just surviving God's, but the full favor and pleasure of God. The word that Paul uses to explain this concept is the word justification. Go ahead look at verse 16 if it's in front of you. I'll read it. He says, We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So so the word justified can be translated as righteous. And so the idea is, how can somebody be made right with God? Right, the most important question in the world. And for Paul, the answer is, of course, faith alone. Not by works, not by your obedience, not by your own goodness, not by being a nice person, not by not being as bad as other people, uh, not by being a contributing member of society or even having good intentions. Uh, not by being a decent or above-average parent, person, fill in the blank. It's, It's not a matter of achieving, but it's only a matter of receiving. And in Christianity, God secures that relationship for us through Jesus Christ. He does two things. He takes away the punishment, and He places the punishment that we owe because of our failure to observe God's laws, to be doers of the word, and he puts that on his son Jesus. And that's why he dies on the cross, to take that sin away from us, that stain from us. And the second thing that he does is not just removing the sin from us or removing that blot, but then he gives us Jesus' perfect record of perfect obedience in the world. That Jesus scored a 100% when he lived in this world by faithfully serving and being a doer of all that God had asked him to do. And so that record is then given to us so that we can be right with God. This is about a year ago. There was a woman named Ruth Balloon uh, living in the Dallas area. And she was finishing her shift for the day. She would work 9 to 5, 8 hours, uh, Monday through Friday. And her standard habit was she'd get in the car and she would pull out her phone and she would check her bank account. Well, this one day in December of a year ago, she pulled out her phone and her bank account read something that was different even surprising and she looked at it again and she hurried home to her husband she showed her husband the phone and the money that was in the account and she said is this possible it was thirty seven million dollars in her account and he said no it's not possible (laughs) and uh, and so begrudgingly they called the bank and uh, somebody found the manager for them quickly and they said, I'm not sure if this is a mistake, um, but we've got $37 million in our account. The manager apologized and he said, "Uh, it is a mistake and I'm so sorry. And they quickly changed it. But could you imagine if the bank would have said, Ruth, like we know this money isn't yours, but we so appreciate your truthfulness and we're going to give it to you. It's all yours now. Uh, this is what happens is when someone is made right with Jesus. Uh, they become full. Their bank account is full. Their spiritual bank account is full 100% with the perfect record of Jesus. And they are rich in the eyes of God. Not because they've achieved, but because they received. And this means then that if you have favor in the sight of God, that, Jesus, or that God sees you the same as His Son, that you are beautiful in His sight, that God delights in who you are, that God is committed to you in the same way that a mother bear is committed to her cub. No one is going to get between me and my child. And so this is the truth as Resurrection Orange County recommits as you think about moving forward that you need to hold on to. Uh, The beauty of the gospel, the love of God, the strength of the gospel. If God is for us, who can be against us? And because Peter, he should have known this, and he did know this, but he had forgotten. And so Paul was willing to fight Peter over this, and to do it publicly, because Peter had fallen back into this spiritual equation of, Jesus does his part, now you need to do your part. And here's a little bit of the backstory. Peter had been fellowshipping, or treating these believers in Galatia as if they were full Christians eating with them, fellowshipping with them. See this in verse 12. But then there were men who came from Jerusalem, and these were Jewish men. They were called Judaizers. They also believed that Jesus was how you were saved, the only way to be saved. But they also believed that you needed to follow certain rules, um, Jewish Old Testament rules from uh, from Moses, uh, that you needed to do this to be acceptable to God. Perhaps some food laws, but certainly circumcision They were part of the circumcision party, we're told in verse 12. And so the problem then, of course, was this Jesus plus my obedience leads to salvation. It isn't all that good news uh, for us uh, because to say Jesus did his part, but now I need to do my part, it's a huge burden on us that we will never be able to bear. Um, you always end up feeling like you're letting God down a little bit you always feel a little bit like a disappointment to God. You look around at other people that you think are doing better than you in the Christian life, and you're sure that God must love them more than He loves you. And then you're reminded again that you're a disappointment. It feels like you're always chasing that carrot, like if I could just get to this level of sanctification or grow in this area or be mature in this way, um, God would love me. And then you ride the roller coaster of having good days with God, feeling like you've been pleasing and then bad days feeling like you have disappointed him again and sometimes it feels like yeah i know that god loves me but i have a hard time believing that he actually likes me Uh, may resurrection orange county be a church that reminds one another that it's only jesus that his love and his affection that His interest in you is not because of what you do or how you're performing or how you're growing in sanctification. Oh, He wants you to grow and He provides you grace in His Spirit, but it's by His grace that you grow and it's not by your obedience that you have any kind of right standing before Him. May this be the truth that this church holds on to. That's point one, a truth for resurrection Orange County. Point two is an action. An action for resurrection. And Galatians 2 is showing us the impact of this truth on individuals. Then we move into Galatians chapter 3, and it gives us even greater insight why Paul is so upset with Peter. That he would embarrass him in front of other people. And so what we're seeing is that Paul's confrontation with Peter isn't just for the sake of these Galatian believers. But Paul has something wider and broader in mind as he is confronting Peter. He is thinking beyond the moment. And in Galatians chapter 2, he's thinking about the future of the church, the people of God, as he looks back to the promises of God all the way back to the book of Genesis, beginning with redemptive history. I mentioned that I have three daughters. And, uh, The phrase that I've heard more than any other phrase from my daughters, well, uh, let me tell you what it's not. This is what I've not heard from my daughters the most. Daddy, I love you. That would be really nice if it were, but it's not. It's not, Dad, I'm so pleased with how you've parented me. It's not, Daddy, I promise I won't date until I'm 30. It's, Dad, I want to pay for college on my own. Haven't heard that one. And it's not, Daddy, when you get older, I want to take care of you. The phrase that I've heard more than any other phrase is, But you promised. (laughs) But you promised, Dad, that we were going to Chick-fil-A tonight. You promised we could go out and have ice cream. You promised we didn't have to listen to 80s music in the car anymore. Kids never forget a promise. Adults never forget a promise. We hold on to promises like... People hold on to winning lottery tickets. And so here, Paul, as he fends off Peter with one arm, is reaching out to God and saying, But God, you you promised. Paul is thinking of the big picture, the promise that God had given for the church all the way back in Genesis. Uh, just a few verses after we see this conflict in Galatians chapter 2, how individuals are made right in the sight of God. Ten verses later, we come to Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. And so even more so, we see the curtains rolled back of sort of the anger behind Paul, Paul's confrontation with Peter. And it's over a promise that has the power and the potential to shape this very church, Resurrection Orange County. It's the promise that's for you. It's, it's, it's going to be the action. And verse 6, Abraham says that uh, verse six, Paul says that Abraham was justified in uh, in God's sight, that he was righteous because of faith. He says, uh, and Paul is connecting us back to uh, what he was just talking about in Galatians two, then connecting us back farther to Genesis, and in verse seven. He says, "No, then it's that those of faith who are the true sons of Abraham. So if you truly want to be a son of Abraham, it's by faith alone, not by your actions. Because Abraham was justified by faith alone, not by his obedience or by his actions. Then he says in verse 8, And the scripture, foreseeing this day that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, he preached the gospel He preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. So the gospel was heard by Abraham saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So now he's referring to Genesis chapter 12. And so this promise in Genesis chapter 12 is that Abraham is going to be made into a great nation. And that this nation is going to be blessed by God. And that this nation, blessed by God, is also blessed to be a blessing to the world and that the blessing that the world needs most is what the people of Abraham have and the people of Abraham are the church and so what the world needs most is what the church has and it's the gospel the gospel was preached beforehand to Abraham that you can be made right with God by faith not by not by your obedience and so here it is Abraham's people who are the people of God who are the church which is you hold the very promise that the world needs most. Of all the things that you could do as a church, what the world needs most from you is to take the gospel to those who do not know Christ. It's what the world needs most. It's it's the beauty of the church. It's the power of the church. It's the significance of the church. And so, this is an action as Resurrection thinks about moving forward, that I hope you prioritize, that your neighbors, that your friends, the people that you work with, the people that you're related to, that they don't know Christ. There are lots of things that you could do for them that are good and you should do as you love them well. But reminding them and pointing them and telling them about Jesus has to be at the top when you begin to think about what, what's our church going to give ourselves to as we begin to move forward that this church would be a light to others, a mirror that reflects the glory of God and His strength to others, a magnet that would draw people to God, a walking advertisement of the beauty of God here in Orange County, that you would announce the good news through relationships that you make with people, through connections, through hospitality, over coffee, over connection, over parties. (coughs) All right. So two things. Recapping. Important for resurrection, Orange County a truth to hold on to and an action that gives this community purpose. Uh, And for Paul, they're connected to each other. Um, The truth that you are right with God through the loving and sacrificial work of Jesus on the cross for you is where you plant your flag. This is who we are. Resurrection, Orange County. And in action, this is what we're about. That the gospel would go forth to the world, to people in Orange County, to our neighbors. Now, you might say, we're small, don't have a lot of resources. Um, but I think, um, in some ways, you are strategically placed um, in the exact position you need to be um, for people to hear the gospel. What do I mean by that? Well, um, I quoted Tim Keller early earlier. Tim uh, Keller has really um, helped to... Uh, maybe the word's not popularized, but um, convince this idea of as there are new churches, as there are small groups that are formed, they tend to be more strategic, they tend to be more thoughtful in actually seeing people come to faith in Christ. And so he would say, uh, plant more churches, have more people with a focus of seeing people come to faith in Christ. Um, With RUF, we just completed a survey so we have 160 campus ministries here in the U.S., so not, not the cross-cultural stuff that I'm involved with, but 160 campus ministries to American students. And so we're trying to figure out how are we doing with evangelism? How are we doing with seeing students come to faith in Christ? And so we, we broke all of our campus ministries into three groups. So 0 to 30, are, are we call them smaller RUFs, 30 to 100 medium-sized RUFs, A hundred or more large-sized RUFs. Do you know, you want to guess, uh, which size group is most effective in seeing people come to faith in Christ? It's the zero to 30. Significantly so. And so, you don't have a lot of resources, you don't have a lot of people, but in God's timing and providence, God has poised you as you hold out the truth that you can be effective um, and seeing people come to faith in Christ. And so I pray that th- there are lots of things to prioritize, no doubt, but that this might be one for resurrection Orange County. And then the other thing that I'll add is that, as you have, uh, look for a bivocational pastor who perhaps um, can work 20 hours, maybe less. Um, of course, you know this. A lot of his time will be working on sermons, worship services, pastoral meetings. Um, but with 20 hours a week, or whatever he'll be at, um, he will not have a lot of time for the outreach piece. That must be driven um, by you all. Because um, uh, he, he'll only have so much time. Okay, the last image that I'll give you, um, and then I'll pray, is uh, just, I don't know why I came up with this. Um, but sort of the image of church as a tea party. You know, you know a nice little gathering, a gathering of friends, getting together. Hanging out, talking about each other and life, and enjoying the Southern California sunshine and weather. Um, of course, you know church is not a tea party because um, the things that we talk about are of ultimate power and strength and beauty and glory. And so, um, church is like an electric car charging station. You you get weaker. You run out of gas. Uh, You need to be filled up with one another. And so your time together, when you are together, boy, is it significant that you might remind each other of the truth, that the gospel is true, that we have sold ourselves, um, given ourselves to this truth, that it has defined our lives, and it is good, and it is right. And we need to keep on reminding each other. And then as you leave, that you would go out being filled up, being charged up, um, that the gospel is true. And that um, it's worth taking risks, loving people, um, pointing them to Jesus. I'll pray. Lord, would you be with this church? So thankful for people who were sincere in their love for you. Um, sincere in wanting to follow you um, and to pursue you. Lord, would you um, help them to hold up the gospel to one another? To be reminded of the gospel uh, by perhaps a new pastor? Um, and Lord, would they have the courage to take out the gospel because it's so significant and tell others about Jesus? Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.